I'm Dave Johnson, voice of the Washington Wizards and host of the Wizards Podcast Network's Full Court Press. And listen up, Junior Wizards. Stuck at home but want to know ways you can still play basketball? Did you know that the Washington Wizards have a page full of helpful videos just for you? Don't let being inside stop you from crafting your skill. Check out all the Junior Wizards instructional videos and tips to develop your skills while home, in the driveway, or in your backyard at dcfamily.com slash at home. What's up, Wizards fans? Welcome to another episode of the Off the Bench podcast presented by the Alibaba Group. I'm your host, Jackson Filio. Just a reminder that the Off the Bench podcast is now a part of the brand new Wizards podcast network, which also includes Full Court Press, a new podcast hosted by the Wizards radio party of Dave Johnson, Glenn Consor, and Brian Alban, and the Wizards Global podcast hosted by Zach Akuma. This week's episode of Full Court Press features an interview with Tommy Shepard, GM of the Washington Wizards, and head coach Scott Brooks makes an appearance on the Wizards Global Podcast. All podcasts on the Wizards Podcast Network are available wherever you get your podcasts and will continue to be featured on Wizards Radio 24-7 and on the Wizards app. You can follow the Wizards Podcast Network on Twitter, at WashWizardsPN, and please subscribe, download, rate, and review wherever you listen. On today's episode of Off the Bench, we have former Wizard and two-time All-Star Karan Butler. Well, Karan, thanks so much for taking the time and, and joining us. We kind of just touched on it a little bit. Everybody's trying to wade through and figure out what this this time means and making sure everybody around us is safe and healthy and stuff like that. How are you so far doing, first and foremost? You, your family, everybody safe and healthy? Yeah, doing well. Uh, you know, taking this, this much-needed time just to reconnect with loved ones. I, I haven't talked to some of the people I've talked talking to and or spoke to in in years because you know just been so busy and we've been on zoom calls and uh talking to extended family members that i haven't been able to connect with because uh you know the the strength of the schedule just been so so compact and busy and then also just keeping in mind uh you know we have a sister that work at yale university hospital uh, she's on the front line, respiratory uh, nurse, just keeping her in mind, keeping, you know, a lot of people that's on the front line in our minds and in our hearts and in our prayers. Ron, you're, you're a basketball lifer, man. You, <laughs> your, your story, you know, is which we've highlighted on Mighty Metal Sports Network. you got a movie coming out with Mark Wahlberg. Um, you're a hooper for life. How has this time really made you think about the basketball community and impacted you on that level of, you know, not taking things for granted and really being blessed to do what you've been able to do with this game. Now that live entertainment and all those things have been taken away from us, I think a lot of people are, you know, starting to view the world differently. You know, the the world is scary without live entertainment and with things to take your attention off the realities of the world. But it also, it, it, I, I think that, you know, to our point, what we were just talking about, it's a time where people can reconnect. It's a time where people can think about things other than, uh, you know, temporary pleasures in, in the sports and in basketball and whatever sports that you play or whatever. And just try to be, you know, helpful, you know, and uplifting in, in many ways. And I think that's what a lot of people are doing with their platforms. 
I saw one of the DJs, you know, do a, a live concert in his house and everybody just fed off that energy. I saw Puff Daddy dancing, like, and it was trending all night because he was going live with Calic and Drake and all the individuals and they were just kicking it. And then I see a lot of players and I think John Wall is participating in this with, you know, some of the folks at John Hopkins Hospital where he's just talking to frontliners and getting valuable information on, you know, what what they're doing and how can he help, how can he assist, so he's educating himself. So a lot of the players are just stepping outside of their comfort zone and learning new things. When when you were coming up in the league and your star was growing as a player, what what was what was the re- the way that you kind of recognized, oh, like I have this other thing now. Like people will listen to me because of what I do for a living, my profession. And how have you kind of used that in your life? And how do you look to use that and advise younger players maybe to use that now in a time there where everybody has things to learn? We all know so little about this and we all just kind of have to help each other kind of get through it, learn more and, and yeah, just, just do it together. So that's a great question. And it's a, it's a funny answer and it's a real answer. So, the funny side is to the answer is, you know, when I was young, I used to always watch the people that had like large followings. This is before social media and all that, but the cool dudes. And then you had the pack of people that followed them. And I was just like, if I ever was the cool dude, and if I ever had like somewhat of a platform, I would just do like the most authentic ever, you know, just to be as real as possible. And when it happened for me, like I was cool for a moment, right? So when it happened for me, I just, you know, stayed true to that, this realness and being authentic. And I always wanted to do that. So when I had got a platform and when social media came to light, I was like, you know, I got a hundred followers. Oh, wow. I got a thousand followers. Oh, wow. I got a couple thousand. It just kept going. It was just like, I'm going to show them you know, some of the the realest things, you know, in my life and some of the things that I'm passionate about. And hopefully I inspire others to be a better version of them. Like some of the things that people may see or get a visual or the optics that I show on my platform, you may not, you know, be drawn to, but it may spark something in your mind to be like, you know, wow, I got a platform of my own and I'm cool as hell too. So let me, you know, use my platform to inspire in this way. So that's what it was all about for me. And that's what it always has been about for me. The league's goal is obviously to get back to basketball and finish what has been a really exciting season so far from a player's perspective, what needs to happen um, between let's say a point when it's announced that they're going to play basketball again and it resuming, getting your body back ready, getting your mind tuned back in. This is, I mean, this is obviously unprecedented what these guys are going through. Um, what sort of things do you need to do to flip that switch and get back to it? It's so crazy. That's a great uh, question. Um, I don't know if any of you guys was part of the association back in 2011. Um, it was the lockout year. And it's coming off uh, our championship run. And we had that summer and then the NBA had the lockout. We did not uh, know when or were we going to have a season. And then all of a sudden around December 8th, December 9th, uh, it was lifted and we came to an agreement 
and eventually move forward with this season. Now think about that, like December 9th, and I remember signing with the Los Angeles Clippers, and I was playing on Christmas Day. So just to put that in perspective, that was about roughly two weeks of preparation and hitting the ground running again. And this is off a patella rupture. So what I would say to the guys that this is unprecedented times, you know, but it's going to be unprecedented measures too. Like something is going to be thrown at, you know, teams that they've never seen before. You know, some of the teams that wasn't in contention for playoffs might not have a rest of the season. You know, um, uh, everything's on the table right now. Um, and I think that everybody has to be open and, you know, willing to just assist in whatever way. But I think that it's going to be totally different. I mean, I even heard on some of the calls that I was on with some people really close to, you know, the decision-making that it may possibly be a situation where it'd be a tournament play, you know, something like that, or maybe a three, a three game series, you know, if, and if, and when, you know, the league returns. So it's a lot of ifs out there. And I, all I know is it's going to be exciting because people are looking forward to seeing live entertainment. And the NBA was the first uh, major sports organization to make a move and, and shutting down. CB, you spent a good amount of time around this team. You have in years past, but now, you know, you were officially a color guy for this team for how many, you know, you did about 10 games or so uh, before the rest of the season was uh, delayed. What did you learn about this group, and and uh, what was it like being around uh, John and Brad again um, after you've known them for so long, just being in the league? Yeah, you know what? I think they're, you know, a, a lot of those guys are just misunderstood when you talk about perception standpoint. Um, I love what they bring to the table. Uh, I, I love the maturity of both of the individuals. Uh, I'll start off with Bradley and how he's evolved as a basketball player. Uh, he's all NBA guy, should have been an all-star this season. And I think that with the health of John Wall and where he's at, he's matured significantly as well. Um, putting them back out there together with Rui Hachimura, uh, with Tommy Shepard at the helm and, and, and ready to, you know, do what's necessary to, you know, get them back in the winning column and back in the playoffs and trending in the right direction. I think that, you know, it's an exciting time for, you know, D.C. basketball. And I think that, you know, the Wizards are, you know, in a great position to really excel. And if those two guys are healthy, that backcourt, I sat down with both of those individuals. They're excited to go out there and prove the doubters wrong. And they feel like they still got great magic, awesome chemistry, and uh, I look forward to seeing them, you know, when they hit that platform together next season. When you get two guys like that back to being, we hope, at the peak of their powers together, and we've seen it in glimpses, but how does that help guys like Davis, like Rui in a second year, how does that help them get better at the little things when you have guys like John and Brad that truly always draw – when they're on the floor together, they're drawing so much attention from a defense, especially if we're, if we're talking about the offensive end, how does that help guys like that grow maybe exponentially when they really aren't asked to do as much when those guys are both going? Well, you know, when, when you look at this season, this was like 
a trial and error growth period where you had to go out there and just figure it out on the fly because, you know, Bradley was getting a lot of defensive schemes thrown at him and still putting up astronomical numbers. And when you have John and Bradley back, you know, two guys that's perennial all-stars, uh, all NBA talent caliber players. And then now you see the development of Rui and those guys and what they had to do in spite of, uh, I think that it's going to be wide open for him. Uh, I remember, you know, going to OKC in a Scott Brooks system and playing with Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant at the peak of their powers. And, you know, I'm on the back end of my career, my basketball life. Wasn't able to be mobile, not like Rui. And I'm 34, 35 years old, and I'm catching the ball and being able to do horse shots. I'm fine. I'm finding the seam in the basketball, like, where I'm able to just – you know, take my time and just follow through and make shots and shot a high percentage of my highest of my career. So to my point is, if you have Rui and some of the other guys that you acquire, you know, via trade, via draft, whatever the case may be, and you're developing guys on the fly, this is going to be a fun bunch of group of guys that's going to have the luxury of having a lot of time, a 1-1,000, a 2-1,000, a 3-1,000 before you have to be, you know, rushed off into making a play. So I think it's going to be fun to watch. You mentioned the, uh, the when you sat down with John and Brad, uh, give the listeners a little preview, you know, that's that's coming out this week. What uh, what else stood out with you, to you? I know you were sitting there for 30 minutes to an hour just, you know, kind of shooting it with them, but the content is awesome. What stood out to you about that conversation besides their motivation? Well, th- their chemistry, uh, they, they, they really like each other. They're really connected. The, the, the urgency is there and, uh, uh, of them both getting out there back on the court. And, you know, they didn't want to talk too much about it. You know, I think that if it was anyone else sitting in that seat or in between them, they probably would have just stayed mute because, you know, but out of respect, they just said, hey, we want to prove some doubters wrong that OG, we want to do that, you know, and that, you know, what's understood don't need to be said. I think that a lot of people have forgotten about, you know, how good those guys were together and how good John Wall was. I mean, for a moment, for a stretch, you know, back in 2017, which wasn't long ago, uh, before the emergence of Giannis, we was talking about John Wall possibly being the second best player in the Eastern Conference. And that was with LeBron James over there. So now I think that he's trying to restore that feeling. He has some added extra motivation. And um, I look forward to seeing those guys out there together. You mentioned some of the TV work that you've done. I mean, you had stints with ESPN. You've done Fox. Now you last full-time this season on on the broadcast. What has that experience been like? It's been fun. Uh, you know, still being able to do play-by-play. I do a ton of stu- in-studio stuff with uh, Turner NBA TV. But, uh, it, you know, when an opportunity like this comes, you know, comes around, you know, D.C. has always been my second home. And that's the place where I s- spent my, my longest when, at tenure as a basketball player. And I had my most uh, – some of my best individual success there. So I, you know, it's 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 a privilege and an honor to you know come and call the games, uh, see so many people that you know help inspire me to go out there and be the best version of me on the basketball court. So uh, you know, it's just it's been amazing. It's been some exciting games. I mean, my first call 
was the Houston Rockets versus the Wizards. And I think it was like the highest scoring and one of the highest scoring regular season games in NBA history. You know, so it was like it was crazy. And that was like my introduction to the to the color booth. Like it was like, oh, wow, that's that's, that's this. You, you don't get it don't get any better than that. And I, I get to call the game and be close to it. So, you know, it was fun, man. It was it was off the charts. Cool, man. Well, we don't want to keep you any longer. Thank you so much for taking the time. This was really awesome. I hope you and everybody around you, your family, your friends, continues to stay safe and healthy. And hopefully we get back to basketball soon and you can get back to calling some games and everything else can resume as normal. 100%. Hey, appreciate y'all, man. Y'all be safe. Thanks, Karan. Thanks,